You're listening to the e-commerce marketing show presented by Privy. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dave, and I'm really excited because we have two new podcast episodes for you that you're going to hear, which is why you're listening. And they're both about Valentine's Day. We wanted to find some interesting brands that were doing cool things around Valentine's Day to really unpack, hey, what does it take as an e-commerce brand to take advantage of a holiday? And it doesn't matter to me that it's Valentine's Day, 4th of July, President's Day, make up a holiday, doesn't matter. What was interesting to me is trying to understand how do you take this day, which is really just a manufactured holiday, right? Valentine's Day was definitely created by marketers. Isn't there some story about it was created by Hallmark or who, who knows? Anyway, the point is, how do you create, how do you manufacture demand from this day, but then also turn the new sales and new customers that you build on this day into long-term repeat customers, lifetime fans, and whatever. So we sat down with two really interesting people. The first one is Greg Foss, and he is a senior brand manager at MeUndies. It was really cool to talk to him about what MeUndies is doing for Valentine's Day. And then after that, we talked to Kenzie Hagen. She's VP of Marketing at Vinebox and Usual Wines. So you got underwear, you got wines. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything, but I hope this is a helpful episode to help you unpack some of the ways that you can turn a day like Valentine's Day and turn it into a long-term loving repeat business relationship with a future customer. Okay, let's get into it. Here's a little mini series, two episodes that we're doing on Valentine's Day in e-commerce. Today, I have an awesome guest. His name is Greg Foss. He's the senior brand manager at MeUndies. I've never heard of MeUndies. What did they do? We sell underwear, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. You've been there for a while, seven years. So take me back through, how did you land at MeUndies? Obviously, this is going to be a brand that a lot of people have heard, if not just from your amazing brand and media strategy that you do every podcast that I listen to at least. So do the selfish thing a little bit. Talk about yourself. Talk about how you joined MeUndies and what you've been up to the last seven years. I joined MeUndies as our second full-time employee seven years ago. Before that, I was actually working for them on the agency side in a PR capacity. And I was at a a small boutique agency, actually based on the East Coast, but had a two, three-person team out here in, in Los Angeles where we're based. And we worked with companies, startups that came out of Science Inc. in Santa Monica, the tech incubator. So we had clients like Dollar Shave Club, Dog Vacay, and MeUndies, all the early on science startups. So from an early start with MeUndies, I, I understood their brand proposition. And I really love what they're doing. I love their product. I basically begged Jonathan, the founder, to, to hire me on. I'd always wanted to help build a brand from the ground up. And that's what we've been doing over the past seven years. What's the transition from, I actually started in PR also, which is like, I always usually ask this anytime. What's been the transition for you going from starting off your career in PR, now you're at one of the hottest direct-to-consumer brands and you're basically doing like things that are, there's similar PR things, but it's a whole different world based on, you know, direct response marketing and advertising and building a brand. What's that transition been like? And how do you think that kind of laid a foundation for what you're doing today? I mean, I think at the end of the day, brand marketing is really rooted in what old PR used to be, right? It's, it's storytelling, right? And, and finding out what's interesting for a consumer 
or a news outlet. It's one and the same, right? And so taking that storytelling ability and, you know, actually before my time at a tech PR company, I was working at a, a music management agency where I did similar things from a PR perspective with up and coming artists, DJs and things like that. And what I learned was that as long as you have the ability to storytell and to figure out what people are going to find interesting with whether it's a music client or a tech company or a, a pair of underwear, that's really what's helped me grow the MeUndies brand, right? And from there, PR was kind of my, my intro to brand marketing. And then I've been self-taught basically over the last seven years, figuring out what works and what doesn't. There's a reason why so many PR professionals move over to the brand and the marketing side. It's because storytelling is key to our company's success. So background on me is I joined Privy as a CMO like two months ago. And I basically spent the last 10 years working in B2B enterprise software. And so this is really cool for me to get to try to understand e-commerce brands now. And what's really interesting is I've been talking to a bunch of people through customer calls and through this podcast. And it's funny that some of the best e-commerce marketers today are almost all self-taught because it's like this whole thing happened in the last five, six, seven years and there wasn't a playbook for it. And so it's just a cool lesson in marketing and that like the best way to really learn is to actually go and have to figure it out yourself. And it seems like that's kind of been your story over the last seven years at Miendi. Yeah. And I think that's honestly what drove our early stage marketing and, and kind of building that identity for us is that we weren't people that had ever worked in the underwear industry. We were young, we were hungry, and we didn't have any prior education that told us how to do something, right? And so we approached selling underwear in a totally unique way. And we were always attacking the status quo. And we were kind of break, breaking certain rules with, within marketing that gave us success early on. And then over time, and we grew with the brand, right? And so now we, we engage in large-scale integrated marketing campaigns, right? Like things that are more... a hey, nice water bottle, by the way. Sometimes when I drink it, like, and I'm on a call, people are like, is this guy like smoking a jewel right now? Because you just see the top half of it. But I promise you it's this. This thing, it helps me drink so much more water. It's the best $45 water bottle I've ever had. This podcast is sponsored by Hydroflask. Hey, maybe. So I also think it, it's cool that you talked about the power of stories. Because I think if you go to your website and you see the campaigns that you are running, they really talk to you at a different emotional level. They're very inclusive. They're very diverse. They're very unique. You have a very certain like feel as a brand. And I think mm -hmm. one of the cool things, at least for me in my career in marketing, that's changed is to focus less on the tools and technology because that stuff is always going to change, but to go back to people and psychology and how people make decisions and, and the power of storytelling. And so like those are the principles that the best marketing comes from. And then you can figure out how to layer on tools and technology after. But if you can't tell a great story and communicate, you're going to have nothing. I think that's a really great segue into Valentine's Day for us because I don't think we're doing anything that's extremely advanced from a tech side, right? I mean, we're doing full funnel Facebook marketing where you know we have optimized pieces of content for each aspect of that journey. And we're at the cutting edge on things along those lines. But at the end of the day, what really drives the top line revenue for our business around Valentine's Day is our perspective on the holiday itself. And over the past few years, we've kind of perfected this sort of mindset around a manufactured holiday and really tapping into like how people view it, right? Like how do our customers view this holiday? And what we were seeing was that lots of people are just kind of sick of it, right? There's all these expectations and there's all of these stresses around like, what am I going to buy? Like, where do I get my diamonds? And, you know, there's fancy prefix dinner menus that I have to go make reservations at. And what if we don't get a reservation? Are people not going to think we're in love? Like well, all these things, right? And 
as people who are in relationships here, and we saw all of this happening, right? And so we tapped into that cultural movement and we figured that like people just don't want to do that. Or at least, you know, we thought that our customers wouldn't want to do that. And so we started to think about like, okay, how could we challenge the status quo of Valentine's Day while keeping the parts that people do like, that people do want to buy into, right? And so that's love, spending time with their partner, et cetera. And so, you know, that's how we started to create our brand strategy for Valentine's Day that we've been employing over the past couple of years, which is this idea of like, stay in, be comfortable, spend quality time. And our product just happens to fit perfectly with that, right? Matching underwear is something that you can wear on the couch. Same with all of our loungewear. That's something that kind of was born out of our product and out of how people just viewed the holiday. Has this become a template? Maybe template's the wrong word, but it seems like Everything you described just about Valentine's Day could actually be applied to, to anything. You could run a 4th of July campaign with the same concept. You could do a Mother's Day, Father's Day campaign around all, you know, all this stuff. It seems to be like there's kind of core elements in there that you can then tweak and then it comes down to the, the creative and the packaging. Totally right. And I think if I was at another brand not selling underwear, right, and I wanted to attack a holiday, I would just really look at our product. How does it fit within the experience for the customer during that day or that holiday, right? And then dive deep into it and figure out ways that we can have fun with the way that you know your specific product ties in, right? For example, I probably wouldn't, if I worked at a grill company, I, I don't know if I would, you know, go so deep into Valentine's Day, but 4th of July, like you mentioned, like how can we offer an experience to our customers that's not just our product, right? Like when we sell matching underwear and loungewear, yeah, we're selling a product and we're making money off that, but we're really selling a date night experience. This is a product that now allows you to go have a date night at home and do something that's different than what everyone else is doing and stressing out about, right? And so how can you figure out a way to like sell an experience rather than just sell a product? And that's the key with all these holidays. We do something actually very similar with Christmas and that time of year. We have onesies that now you can match with everyone from your dog to your entire family down to babies and kids. And what we found is like, you know, people are sitting around the fire, sitting around their living room together as a family, and they want to be matching in loungewear. And so we offered that product and we sold that experience to people. I think it's if your product can fit in naturally, then that's where you have to figure out how to get involved in that way. You hit on something which is like people, they want the benefit, not the feature, right? And they want the hole, not the shovel that it takes to dig the hole. And so you're selling them the whole family hanging around on Christmas morning in matching pajamas or whatever. You're not selling them like, hey, uh, you know, 100% cotton pants that you can blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm, I'm sure that's, that's never the value prop that you're selling. No. And I think like there's evergreen value props of our products, right? I mean, it's a pretty amazing piece of underwear. It's super high quality. It comes from nature. It comes from beech trees. And it's some of the highest quality fabric in the world. And it's a really great story how the product is made. It's a serious value product. and so. We're not just taking a pair of cotton underwear that you've had for your whole entire life and putting hearts on it for Valentine's Day. I mean, it is truly quality, but we don't feel the need to talk about that necessarily during this holiday, right? We, we do that throughout the year. And then when we're able to tap into that experience from a shared experience perspective, whether it's family or you and your, your partner, those are our biggest times of year is holiday and, and Valentine's Day. Yeah, I guess so. I'm wrong in that and that that's probably your hook for the kind of just regular, the second week in March, your hook is just like, hey, this is the highest quality product. But now that's not the message that you're going to lead with for something like Valentine's Day. Right. Go all the way back. I'm just interested in like, how does something like this come to life? Like just from a, you know, I'm in marketing and who's on the team and when do you all start planning? I talked to another brand about their Valentine's Day campaign. 
they sell wine, single serving wine. And she basically was like, yeah, we came up with our Valentine's day idea, like the second week in January. I have a feeling that this is not something that you came up with like three weeks ago. So take me back to like, how does this whole thing start? Is it a brief? Is it a meeting? Like, and then what happens from there? It's evolved a lot over the years for us, right? We've noticed that this is a huge sales period. So we put a lot of time and effort into planning and strategy for it. I'll talk to you about this campaign and I'll talk to you kind of about how it's grown over the years. So with this year, brand team, so that's you know myself and my assistant brand managers, we get together and we start strategizing like, what are the insights? What are the cultural points that we want to include this year? We always seem to go back to matching pairs. That's like our main offering for this. So how can we use the cultural zeitgeist to push matching pairs and we start creating a, a brief and a strategy? Once we have general objectives, cultural inspiration, we then go and meet with the creative team, our product team, and our growth marketing team. And we start talking about all these things. And we start figuring out, okay, knowing this, what are the different channels that we can use to bring this to life? How does it come to life on podcasts? How does it come to life on TV and digital advertising and out-of-home campaign? And then from there, our creative team, awesome creative team, all in-house, they take that general brief and those objectives and they start concepting some ideas. What are the taglines going to be? What could the shoot look like? How do we bring this to life? In parallel to that, our product team is working on the product itself. So we launched this year, we had three different specific Valentine's Day print designs that we came out with, some new loungewear that is all in those prints. And so that's all being designed about six months in advance. And that's in congruence with our brand strategy. It starts with the product and the brand strategy, then it goes into creative concepting. Um, and then we shot Valentine's Day back in November. So, you know, pre-Thanksgiving, we're, we're shooting um, and that gives us time. It's, it's always tough with, you know, the holidays. People are always leaving the office. We have a very flexible vacation schedule here. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's important that we get it shot and we get start working on it, you know, pre, pre-Thanksgiving, pre-holiday um, when people start, start leaving the office and whatnot. Yeah, and then, um, I mean, then you come, because then you come back and it's January and you're like, oh my God, we have to, this thing has to be ready. We have to go. Yeah. Yeah. So we do all of our final creative reviews for Valentine's Day before we break for um, break for the holidays in December. Um, and so coming back in January, we're, we're ready to go. And we, we, launched, um, we launched on January 16th this year. It's usually right around that second week of January where we launch the campaign. Um, we want to make sure we give people enough time to order their gifts and have it arrive on, on time um, for the holidays. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we, we plan out way in advance. Now, four or five years ago, um, when the team wasn't as structured, yeah, we were, you know, finding influencers uh, on New Year's Day, right, right when we got back to the office on January. Of course. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it was definitely a different time um, back then. But now with our product, um, product development ca- uh, calendar, we, we like to try and match marketing to that and get ahead of it as much as we can. Um, and then also give our creative team enough time to, to really dive deeper into ideas. Um, you know, if you wait too long, then you can't really explore um, the depths of a concept as much, right? Or you can't plan in advance for out of home and, and all these longer lead uh, marketing channels, right? So um, we, we need that time to, to properly plan and execute. Do you, just speaking of out of home, because outside of like podcasts, are you doing, when you do out of home stuff, are you, are you looking at that as a uh, direct response channel or is it a brand channel? Like how do, you, how do you measure some of the out of home stuff that you're doing? Yeah, so it, it's definitely a brand awareness channel. Um, we, we are testing out in LA mainly at the moment. Um, and what we do is we, we have brand awareness um, 
perception trackers that we that we put out there um, before and after every major campaign we launch, so we can see you know what are the awareness and perception lifts that that are going to happen in certain areas. Um, and and so you know it is definitely a brand awareness play. With that said, I mean there's a link, there's a unique link on on every one of our billboards um, and wild posters that. Um, drives people to our matching pairs uh, flow, which I'd love to talk about at some point. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we we do we we work brand and and growth together to um, you know give people the the means to get to the website via yeah. the out of home. But but it's not that's not its main its main factor, right? And that's a that's a unique link on every piece of creative. That's like every billboard has a different link. Oh no no no! It's it's one link that's for all of our out of home. Um, Got it. But but the only place yeah. that link is is on those. Um, right. You know, what, what did you What did you want to say? What did you want to say from there? You talked about okay. There's a link on the on, on that stuff, and then it goes somewhere. Yeah. So um, one of the things that we've done over the years is since we've since we uh, have been leaning into this this holiday, um, is we started to talk about matching pairs. Right. That was one of the biggest biggest ties to the holiday that we saw is the fact that you, you and your partner can match, um, match your underwear, which is, which is kind of a new, it was a new concept, um, a few years ago. And so, um, after we saw success with it more organically, we actually built a, built a, you know, a flow on our website where you can go through select, you know, what do you wear? What does your partner wear? What colors do you want? What size do you want? What cuts, et cetera. And it takes you through this, this fun flow. That's, um, that's really driven towards the holiday and, and it has, you know, um, we, we spruce it up every, every January, February for that. Um, and so it, it kind of, it's something that evolved out of this, um, out of this organic, you know, tied to the holiday. And, and that's now where, you know, all of our traffic from ads and from these out of home is, is driving towards that, that flow. Um, so yeah, like as you're, if you're a brand that's that's looking to get involved in a holiday, try and you know make sure to not only have that in your advertising, but also when you get to your to your website or to your shopping experience, like have have some something that kind of um, you know is a is a good hub for all of that all of that talk and 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 creates like an even bigger an even better experience. Um, and uh, yeah, the conversion rate on our on our matching pairs flow is is insanely high compared to everywhere else on the site because. Um, it's just fun and it's, you know, got this kind of gravity to it. You just want to get to the end. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, definitely something that, uh, you know, other, other brands should, should take, take as a lesson. Well, it, it probably works because I think so often the, most of the investment is made on maybe the billboard or the ad and looks amazing, but then you go to the website or the landing page or the product page and it's not, it's not a, as good of an experience. And so like, you're investing in that, in that level, which you're going to see better results from like, Oh, I went to this website and like this company is delivering on everything that I thought that, that this would be. Yeah. And, and again, it, it all comes from, it all stems from pre-planning, you know, um, not everything is six months in advance, but for these bigger, bigger moments like holiday being that far in advance when you're writing the strategies helps you figure out how to bring it to life across every channel seamlessly. Right. If we didn't, if we didn't get ahead of that, um, get ahead of, you know, matching pairs and we would never have a flow like that ready for, for a holiday. Right. Um, and, and to then to have it consist, like look and feel consistent across every channel from when you're actually checking out to when you're seeing that first billboard or, or Facebook or Instagram ad, um, it, it, it pays huge dividends. So, um, 
yeah, if you want to do something really well like this, you know, get, get started early and, and make sure that um, it comes to life well on, on every touch point. What, um, speaking of that, that advice, like if you, if you were giving a talk or talking to a bunch of, uh, smaller or growing e-commerce brands that, that can't operate at the level that, that Miendis can operate, like, you know, what, what advice would you give, let's say me on campaign strategy for, for Valentine's day, like other than just like, let's do a 20% discount. Um, what advice would you give me? I mean, I would just simplify the channels, right? Simplify what's what, where, where you're putting it. I, I don't think that if you're, if, you know, at, at MeUndies, we used to just rely on a couple things. We had Facebook ads and we had PR, right? Um, that's it. So, you know, simplify the channels. Don't worry about out of home, right? Don't worry about anything that you can't really track one to one and focus on the things that are going to, that are going to matter, right? The story behind the, behind how you're going to get involved in that camp, uh, in that holiday, and then the advertisements that are going to be efficient and drive traffic to your site. Um, yeah. So just focus on those, those two simple things. And, and, you know, you, you can have a, uh, a cohesive campaign. It just may not come to life across every single, you know, touch point that you see other big brands using. I love that. I just wrote, I wrote that down because that's like the, the one minute clip that we're going to pull out of this episode, because it's, I think it's easy to get lost. I think it's easy to get lost in the like, Oh, this has got to be this big campaign, but like what, what channels do you already have? Do you already have an email list? Can you maybe run some Facebook ads on top of that? And is there some, you know, cool video you can make? Like that's all possible. You don't have to do the stuff that you're doing at the level you're doing it. Yeah. And, and we grew to where we are now, right? I mean, we, um, we, we didn't get a ton of investment. We, over the years, we added more and more channels because we we could afford to to you know reinvest into the into the brand that way. But for for a long time, a lot of our success was based on um, Facebook and Instagram advertising, our email list, and NPR. That that's all we that's all we needed yeah. to get off the ground. Right. I, I, my, my guess is when you when you joined in in you know 2013, you you weren't running uh, you know brand awareness uh, s- surveys before and after each campaign. Like I'm, I'm guessing that wasn't part of the playbook there. No, no, no. There, there was. Uh, I don't even know that existed. To be totally honest with you, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that probably cost that cost that cost more than the whole marketing budget at the time. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. What as a you, you've been? I don't know. You know. Okay, you've been in this space for seven years. Um, part of the me on these journey, I guess, rel- relatively OG in the e-commerce, you know, e-commerce brand world. What are the, um, you know, what are the things that drive you nuts about? There's, there's obviously a ton of brands out there doing stuff now. What are, what are the brand and marketing mistakes that you see a lot of, um, you know, up and coming companies making, or just things that drive you nuts? Oh man. It's a good question. Uh, I guess, I mean, it's not really in my, my personality to, to really have some, what someone else is doing really make me upset or drive me nuts, I would say. Um, so this is a harder question for me, but uh, I, I think that what, what I see a lot of um, young brands doing um, is, you know, they'll invest a lot in a piece of content, um, but, but then it launches and, the news cycle, you know, maybe it'll cover it. Maybe, you know, you'll get good engagement that day, but there's nothing to follow it up with. Right. And that, um, you know, you, you get that one hit, but, but then that's it. Right. And people forget. Um, I think it's, 
it's a lot easier to, to go in and say, hey, we're going to create this, this mini campaign of this piece of content, but then how can you then pull out, you know, other stories or, or other, um, you know, mini, mini campaigns from that one piece of content. And I was, I was actually talking with a friend who um, is, is working on a brand at the moment. And um, he, he actually just showed me his, his new campaign video. And I was like, this is awesome, but, but you should tell eight different micro stories from this one piece of content and then extend it through the whole month. Right. And that way you have this full suite and you can continue to engage um, and, and make your budget seem, seem bigger than it is. Right. So I would say, um, think, think longer term with this, with the, with the content that you create, how can you tell many stories? How can you, um, how can you extend the life of, of your investments like that? Um, I think that's, that's really important. Um, and so yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's, it's great for, for, for somebody who didn't have an answer. That was a good answer because <laughs> I think if, if you do have limited resources, like it, it, it can be about, Hey, tell a great story. Like one reason, one of the main reasons that we're doing this podcast as a brand is not because it's even a podcast, but because it's a, it's a content format that we're going to be able to get 10 to 20 other pieces of content just from having the show, you know, clips from this, we could turn it all into a book. We could do an event just based on the speakers that we've had on this podcast. And so like, that's one channel that's going to give us a ton of, a ton of leverage. And so in, in the early days, especially when you don't have a huge budget or a, a bunch of different channels, it, it is all about leverage. Like what's that, what's that one story you can tell and how can you tell it five different ways? Exactly. And you know, that, that's, that's the scrappy nature that's going to make you successful. Right. And you know, um, you know, taking, taking quote, like, it's like taking a quote from this podcast could then become a, a, a meme on, on Instagram. Right. Uh, it's, it's thinking about like, how can you, how can you dissect that one hero piece of content into 25 other ways to market your, your brand or your business, um, across all the different channels that, that are, um, that are free to use. Right. What is this, what does this video look like on email? How does this, um, how does this video then create social posts or Instagram stories and, um, figuring out ways to, to creatively break everything out is, is, is key. Right. And it's, it's resourceful, right. It's for, at the end of the day, it's just being resourceful with what you've got. Um, so yeah, that would be a piece of advice, I guess. Love it. All right. Did you, anything else on your, on your mind? Otherwise, otherwise I'm going to wrap up because I got, I got my money's worth from, from this. But I, <laughs> I know you, I know you had some, you had some notes. So if there's anything that, that you want to hit on that, I didn't ask. Um, no, I think we, we really got to, to just about everything. I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, getting involved in a holiday, um, requires just your brand to develop a, a point of view on that holiday um, approach it, not just as a way to sell something at first, at least, right. The first thing should be, what's our point of view on the holiday? Um, how can we get involved in the culture of the holiday and then poke out, poke fun at it a bit, challenge the norm, figure out how then your product can fit into that. Um, I, I think that's, that's the, the key to getting involved in, in any of these, um, any of these holidays, whether it's Valentine's day or St. Patrick's day, Halloween's, it's all, it's all the same formula. So um, yeah, your, your, your take, your take could actually be that you actually don't even have a play in Valentine's day and you're just going to go straight up anti Valentine's day and run a campaign on February 15th called like the day after Valentine's day. It's a, there's always a hook. Yeah. And we actually do do that. You know, we, we, uh, we do, uh, we do like a Valentine's day or on a singles awareness day. We, we, we get in, <laughs> we get involved with that stuff too. And cool. um, you know, our first Valentine's Day campaign was actually anti-Valentine's Day because 
we wanted to break the norm that uh, that you had to buy diamonds or lingerie or, or something like along those lines. Like who wants to do that, right? So it was actually very anti Valentine's Day, and instead focused it on you know kind of going against the grain, staying in, and buying a a comfortable gift rather than a, a sexy gift, right? And um, it, it just kind of evolved from there. So yeah, I love it. All right, Greg, this was awesome. This was everything I, I had hoped it would be, So, uh, which is rare for like a cold introduction. So I, I appreciate it. Um, if you want to plug MeUndies at all, go ahead. Or where, where, can, where can people follow you and, and, and see more of your stuff? Yeah, I mean, definitely want to plug MeUndies. Uh, you know, we have super high quality underwear. We ship it direct to your door. Um, it's the most comfortable thing you'll ever put on, I promise you. Um, and uh, yeah, you can follow MeUndies. Um, follow along with all these different campaigns on our Instagram, just at me undies. Um, you can check out our YouTube for all of our video content. Also just me undies. Um, and, uh, coming to a lot of podcasts, uh, that you probably listen to. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, my own, my own personal social media, I, I, uh, you know, just at Greg fast, G R E G F A S S, um, on Twitter and, and Instagram. Awesome, man. Thank you for doing it. I appreciate it. You can go and get on with the rest of your day and week now. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, Dave. It was a pleasure. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks. Thanks.